Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. As always, it's Armando Angulo, and I'm joined by my co-host Justin Wells. Baseball, it's back. It's opening week. We've got some uh, games that counted. We got some hot hitters, and we got some big news. Uh, and, you know, none bigger than the Kyle Schwarber injury. It seems that Kyle Schwarber is uh, going to miss the rest of the year. Justin, how are you? First and foremost, and secondly, wow, what a devastating move for the Cubs, huh? Yeah, I'm. I'm first off, I'm 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 doing better than Kyle Schwarber is right now. I, I can imagine so. Actually, I mean, actually, he's probably still sitting on a giant pile of money, so maybe he's still doing better than me. But uh, no, I mean, that's a it's a pretty devastating injury for him. I think the Cubs are built to handle it. It's where I think having uh, it's where it's where signing Dexter Fowler at the end of this at the end of the at the, at the end of the spring really helped because now I you know they're going to get some consistency. You're probably just going to see an outfield now trot out there every single day of Hayward, Solaire. And uh, Fowler, and I imagine you'd see probably Soler- Soler going into left, and you know Hayward sticking in right, and Fowler just getting all the center field. So there will be consistency there. Um, it is a blow as far as though the ability of the Cubs to hit for power, because Kyle Schwarber could hit a baseball to the moon. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. It's going to be you know that bad in that lineup. They, you know, Joe Madden tried really hard all of the postseason and at the end of last year to work his bat into the lineup uh, at the cost of some defensive, you know, liabilities and stuff. And we're seeing that, so we know his importance there. Uh, it's just a tough, tough break for the kid. You know, he, he he just broke out last year and he was on the rise of, you know, part of the, what is arguably, if not for sure, the best team in baseball on paper and, and a, a, a big piece of that. Uh, you know, it's a devastating for him, for the Cubs. In the long term, though, brother, how do you see this injury affecting him? Because, I mean, it is a lower body injury. He is a big guy, you know what I mean? So mobility might become an issue down the line. I mean, he's going to – he's never going to be the most mobile guy. If his if he can't really move, then, the you know, the Cubs would be a little bit hamstrung because they're not going to move him to first base. Anthony Rizzo's got that position occupied. Anthony Rizzo is the leader of that team. So he's not going to be – it's going to basically be he's going to have to catch, but then he's going to be catching on 
a leg that's already been surgically repaired. And it's not like he did a simple injury to the, in the leg. I think he tore both the ACL and the LCL, that's which right. is just like, I mean, he blew his knee out. All he did, you know, if it was just the MCL that's, that's left there. And if he, I imagine he probably still did some damage to it considering the injury. I mean, it, it could be damaging for his ability to play left field, which is really the only open spot for him. Right, because, I mean, we've seen him play a little bit and dabble in catcher, you know, a couple games here and there, and then in the spring we saw him there as well. But, you know, that's definitely, if this is as a lower body injury, if it's definitely as serious as it seems, and in the long term, that's definitely out of the question as well. So it's going to be tough. So we'll only have to wait and see, and hopefully he can recover and bounce back because, uh, you know, he, he he's a player that has a bright career ahead if he can get himself right, and a big piece of that Cubs puzzle for sure. Look, and also at some point, the Cubs are going to trade some of this young position player talent they have because for they have sure. a lot of it for pitching. They're for going, sure. They're going to need to. Their pitching is not – is going to need – like there's – they don't have any youth in their pitching. It's all, it's an old staff. Yeah, exactly. And it's not as deep as probably you would like for a team of that caliber. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So you'd imagine at some point one of these guys is going to get moved for pitching. Could be Baez, could be Soler. I know that they have a third base prospect whose name is alluding me that I that I know that they really like. There's another shortstop prospect they really like. They have they're gonna have to do something to to get rid of some of this position player logjam. It's a good problem to have. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. And uh, let's stick with the NL Central, man. We're seeing some hot starts from some teams. The Cubs, you know, four and one start, and but a surprise team here is Cincinnati. They're off to a five and one start. Uh, tell me about the Reds, man. I don't think obviously that they could keep it up, but but it's nice to see you know a, a good hot start for them. In, in it's definitely surprising on our end because we didn't expect much from them. No, and I still don't expect much from them. I right? Mean, look, look who they played. They played against the Phillies who have an absolutely garbage bullpen. Now, I should be in a position at all because I just watched the Mets lose two out of three. <laughs> and not even touch their bullpen. Well, like, they touched they them up on Friday, in the Mets, but the Mets are not swinging the bats well. We'll probably get to that later. I wasn't going to even bring it up, man. Uh, it, 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 not something I'm worried about, but we'll get to it. <laughs> but, no, but I, I mean, the, the Reds have gotten some good performances out of their staff. That's really been it. They're, they're having a lot, a lot of runs. I expect that to change. Like they just pitched really well against Philadelphia, and they haven't been they haven't been bad. I'm I'm not I'm not shocked that they started this way. I just don't expect that it'll keep up. Right. Not to mention they haven't played a game away from home yet, so that helps. Yeah, yeah. and it's been pretty cold in the eastern half of the U.S. So a lot of you know it's not exactly run season right now here. It's cold. Yeah, we can so, speak to that. I mean, you can speak to that. You were there at, at Mets home opener, right? Yeah, yeah, it was. It was freezing. I, yep. The next time you have gloves on the table and you're sitting to yourself thinking, am I going to need these? Just bring them. That's, that's, <laughs> my, that's my advice. Just, just bring them. Life lessons with Justin Wells today, everyone. Yeah. If, that's, if you have to ask yourself that question and you know that gloves are a possibility, err, err on the side of safety. No, but I mean, it's cold. It's windy. Last night was, you know, pretty much felt like a, a you know, a December slash early March kind of night, like just kind of gross. A lot of games on the East coast were canceled. And, uh, that is going to, once it gets a little warmer, which is supposed to be in the next week or two, that's when you're going to start to see things really move. Like there are a lot of balls I've seen hit in New, just well in New York that did not carry. Right. And that right. will change. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, let's, let's shift our momentum to the West coast though. We see, you know, 
a big, big, you know, series here that, that has played out in the last couple of days, finishing up here today with between the Dodgers and the Giants. And we're seeing really the division already starting to take shape because we're seeing sub 500 baseball from the three teams and, uh, uh, you know, aside from the Dodgers and the Giants. And we're seeing the Dodgers and the Giants combating each other, you know, pretty fiercely. It's been pretty toughly competitive or contested games. I mean, going into the, 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 you know, the end of these games and into the later innings, the, the, the leading team has given up the lead and ended up losing. So they've been kind of gut wrenching on both ends, but at least we're seeing a consistent theme here. And what I expect to see throughout the season for the NL West, man, is this what you expect to see too? It is. I expect these two to just be trading punches all season and I expect them to beat up on the crap out there. I mean, you must, you must have loved the fact that you didn't have to see your pitching staff give up a run for the first three games of the season. That was that, quite impressive. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those things where you have to both tip your hat to the Dodgers staff and also just to the San Diego Padres, tell them, like, ask, what the fuck? Are you that bad? <laughs> yeah, man, I hear you. I hear you. Like, teams get shut out three games in a row sometimes. It happens. Sometimes teams are just in an offensive funk. It's a bad sign when it's the first three games of the season that you got an offensive funk. It just looks like you're not ready. Like a, a funk of that level. Yeah, and it was the way that, it, that, that they were going about it. Just, just, no, they weren't really stinging the ball. One thing is to get shut out and, and then hit the ball hard, you know, and, and the defensive pl- team making plays, but they were just swinging and missing a lot, man. They weren't hitting the ball hard at all. They weren't squaring anything up. And it was just, it's an ugly, it was an ugly start, but they, they, you know, they went to Colorado, picked up a couple of wins and, 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 and you know, blew the Rockies out a couple times as well. So it's just going to be, it's a funny division in that regard. Yeah, no, I mean, the, and those teams are going to trade punches amongst themselves, the, the, you know, to just make sure that the win totals don't stay artificially low. But the one thing I'm shocked with is Arizona coming out of the gates in a rather just slow fashion. Yeah, but I mean, the Pollock injury is devastating to that team, man. It is. It's absolutely devastating. I mean, losing a guy like that before the season's tough. I know that they have a, a reasonably solid outfield, a reasonably solid offense, but I mean, AJ Pollock's probably been for the last two years one of the best twenty position players in all of baseball. Oh yeah, yeah, it's I mean, been great. Like it, he does everything. Yeah, and when they spent this money in this offseason, man, they were banking on health. They were expecting their, especially out of Goldschmidt, Pollock, and their key group. You know what I mean? So this is really devastating to him, and and, and you know he's going to miss at least three months with no baseball activity, and, and quite possibly the entire season. So that that's a huge, huge blow for them, man. And, and but but let's stick in the division. There's one story, and uh, pun intended, I suppose, that that's really captivating and, and catching the attention of, of everybody across the country, and that that's Trevor's story. Um, I had a conversation station with my cousin not too long ago who actually covers baseball for ESPN Deportes and 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 he was telling me that you know when 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 Tulo got traded that it was okay because the Rockies had something in the pipeline and they had a kid and they had a kid and I you know one thing's to hear it and and another thing's to see it and we're seeing that Trevor Story although it's only been a handful of games five games the small sample size he seems like the real deal up at the plate man. He does, and Colorado actually also has another shortstop behind him, too, that they're really high on, who is uh, in Keith Law's top 100 prospects, Brendan Rodgers. So right, right. Th- they actually have, if you have a rare commodity like shortstops that could do a lot of things, if you have two of them, it means you're going to be able to trade one of them for a King's Ransom. So Colorado might finally be in the position of having some, you know, some prospects that can turn things around. Uh, I still think they're terrible. Uh, they haven't proven otherwise thus far this season. But Trevor Story, who, by the way, caveat emptor, my player of the week, 
<laughs> in the National League. Spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler alert. But I mean, he's he's crushing everything. It's it's remarkable. Yeah, no, no, it, 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 it's 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 something that the Rockies probably needed was a pleasant surprise, man, because you know they were going to compete for that uh, worst team in baseball label that you and me gave them, and this is this gives them a little bit of a boost. I mean, they might still be there, but at least it, it ups their odds, I guess. Yeah, absolutely does. But you know, it's uh, it's going to be nice to see how long this story goes on for, but. You got to think he's going to struggle at some point. Yeah, he's going to come back down to earth, man. He has to. I mean, you know, he ha- he doesn't have any major league experience, to be fair. And, you know, the first time around, pitchers aren't familiar with you. But once there's enough tape on you, uh, they're going to find holes in that swing and in, in his approach. So it, it's all going to depend on how he makes, like any young player, I suppose, is how he adjusts and the adjustments that him and the, the you know, the staff can make in his swing and in his approach, you know, once he starts to scuffle. Yeah, it should also be interesting to see what happens with Jose Reyes. Good point. Good point. Colorado is not exactly a very, very big market team or a rich team. And the fact is, Reyes is going to play, I guess, if he's reinstated just because he's being paid a yeah. lot. Yeah, a lot of money. Um I don't know, man. And with the controversy with surrounding him, I know that charges are getting dropped or what have you. But I mean, the stigma is still going to be there, and it's still going to be attached to him. And, and there's not going to be a huge market for a player that's already over the hill per se and past his prime. And with this type of you know stigma now, and 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 really the amount of money that gets paid, like you said. So who really knows? But the market is definitely going to be limited to move him. Yeah, well, I mean, it's also the difference between this situation and the Ray Rice situation. Jose Reyes is getting his money either way. Yes. Yes. Yeah. He's like the only time he can. It's basically if the commissioner reinstates him, you have someone you have to pay him. It's just the way the contracts work. The players union won't let that drop. So that should be an interesting thing to see. It's, you know, is Jose Reyes going to come back? If so, what kind of welcome is he going to get? Is he going to be moved? So story can have at bats. If he's moved where to who, who could take him on? I mean, Jose Reyes is one of my favorite players for a long time. I want no part of it. <laughs> yeah, it I hear you. To, and it has nothing to do with the with the controversy around the domestic violence piece. He's just not that good anymore. No, he's just done. It really, yeah, you're absolutely right. He's just, you know, he got a great deal. That's the thing, like you said, baseball. Their agents, phenomenal players, union, great for them. You know, like they just get everything but yeah he's not worth a penny really anymore he's he can't really add much he's he's probably a good role player for a, a lesser club but you know like the rockies but not at that price obviously yeah yeah but move, moving away from this particular story let's go to the al west where you have the other really hot unheralded player that nobody knew about caveat and spoiler alert my al player of the week Tyler <laughs> white yeah, no, absolutely, man. He's been, uh, uh, you know, like like Trevor Story, he's just stayed hot and he's just crushing the ball right now, man. And, and another pleasant surprise, and and actually probably a refreshing surprise for 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 the Astros. You know what I mean? Yeah, because they've actually been off to a little bit of a struggling start. Uh, Colin McHugh got absolutely knocked around by the Yanks. Didn't make pelted, it out of the first, man. Pelted. Didn't yeah, didn't make it out of the first. And they, you know, the one thing that they have had looking sharp and looking in pre midseason form right now and looking like, you know, maybe the best player in the American league, save Mike Trout was, uh, Carlos Correa. He looks unreal. The kid's a stud and, uh, my fantasy team absolutely appreciates that. Yeah. He's, 
he is a top he's a top ten player in baseball, it looks like already at the age of twenty. He's a freak. He's a monster. He's just so Great smooth. How, so smooth. Yeah, exactly. He's so smooth, so so makes it all look so easy. So his hands are so quick, his defensive game is all there. He's just like you said, an absolute treat to watch. He looks like a young A-Rod. Yeah, identical almost, really. In stature, all of it. He has quiet hands at the plate. It's all it's all very similar for sure. Yeah, it's also I feel weird comparing people to A-Rod, but people we got to remember how good this guy was, you know, 20 years ago, obviously. It was 17 years ago at this point, but he was so so good. Absolutely, man. Yeah, an absolute treat to watch. Uh yeah. yeah. But but let's stick with the American League, man. There's uh you know, a, a team that I really want to talk about, also off to a hot start, uh, the Baltimore Orioles. They got some new pieces, Mark Trumbo, and Mark Trumbo's actually playing dividends here early on. And, you know, Chris Davis is hitting the ball well. They're getting some, some decent starting pitching. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Baltimore Orioles, man, in a, in a tough, tough American League East? I don't think that it's sustainable, especially if Adam Jones is hurt. That's a good I mean, point. He's probably, I think he's their best player. Um, he's not their most high-paid player because they're giving Chris Davis a ridiculous amount of money. But I, I think that the Adam Jones injury, especially just you know his his defensive ability, his leadership, his leadership for sure. I think that that is going to be the big issue, and I don't think that that pitching holds up. Yeah, I mean they've gotten some quality starts for sure from the majority of their staff. Ubaldo Jimenez, we you know how much can you really expect is left in that tank throughout the rest of the year? There's just a lot of questions with that staff for sure, man. I agree with that, but they are off to a hot start, and it's good to see. It's good to see Matt Weeders, you know, looking Matt Weeders esque. I would say he's been okay, and it's just it's a fun team to watch because Manny Machado is a good player. They have some exciting pieces, but if Adam Jones is out for for some time, then then it's going to definitely hinder this this. This team and, and the sustainability of their success, especially in such a tough, 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 deep division, man. Yeah, and, you know, the other thing I got to talk about with the Orioles team is it's nice to see Dylan Bundy actually make it back to a major league mound. I mean, you have to feel for a guy who is that well-regarded a prospect, just kept getting hurt. Four-year gap, but he, he made it back to the majors. So, he, you know, there's a, lo- there's a big props there for him. Absolutely. There's something to be said for, for that kind of, uh, you know, tenacity and that type of, uh, you know, can't, won't quit attitude. And, and it's good for him, and it's, it's, it's refreshing to see for sure in the game, man, that people yeah. like that are getting rewarded. Yeah. And also in the AL East, I want to ask you a question. Hit me. How many extra? How many belts do you think uh, Pablo Sandoval oh, has this season? The over-under? Yeah, what, what are the what are the odds? Okay, all right. We're not going to you know, here, here's we're not going to do an over under. We'll do it this way. Pablo Sandoval, more broken belts or home runs this season? Oh, uh, I'm going to go with broken belts because he is garbage. Yeah, broken belts. I mean, that's one of the funniest videos I've ever seen. Oh yeah, and if you guys haven't seen it, we uh, we retweeted it on the uh, on the on the Twitter uh, account, didn't we? Oh, I, yeah, yeah. I, I once I saw that, that had to be displayed to the world uh, i don't understand how you swing through and break a belt uh, it just collapsed it gave up on life it didn't want to live anymore that belt man it was just it wasn't worth it to, to the belt anymore pablo sandoval is doing a real disservice to the people who argue that professional baseball players aren't athletes <laughs> yeah yeah at least david wells could still pitch man yeah at least bartolo Colon has got like is like a cat out there Oh, God bless him. And how old is he? Like 65 now? Still doing it. 43. It's phenomenal. Phenomenal. Did you see his over-the-shoulder catch last night? Yeah, and I also saw him lose his helmet in that swing. Phenomenal. Always in form. Uh, the helmet, Top shape. Uh, helmet always goes. Top shape. Love it. Love it. I, 
ESPN, I think, did a little bit of a trolling on opening day when they were show, when they had the league leaders up there. Uh, for a brief moment, when everybody was still had not homered, Bartolo Colon was listed as the National League leader in home runs. Oh God, bless them! That is phenomenal. I, I'm sorry yeah. I missed that. <laughs> I gotta I gotta dig that screenshot back up, but it's amazing. And you know, long live Bartolo. Long live Bartolo is right, my man. You're listening to the Enfield in this podcast channel. The Enfield Index Podcast Channel. The Enfield Index Podcast Channel. Going on to uh, some award predictions now, I guess. Yeah, for sure, man. Hit me. What are your thoughts? All right, let, let's go um, AL, AL Cy Young. AL Cy Young. Yeah. I'm going to go with Marcus Stroman. I just yeah. love his stuff, man. I don't know. If he can stay healthy, I really do love his stuff. I know he didn't have the best of outings his last time out, but he did get the W. Uh, he's just a – I don't know. I'm really impressed with his stuff. The movement on his two-seamer is, is just disgusting, and uh, I, I like his how poised he is. Uh, I really do enjoy him. He's the leader of that staff, and he's going to get a lot of run support, so the wins will be there, but I, I think uh, it'll be it, it'll be close – it, because there's a, there's pitchers like Price and there's other uh, other quality pitchers here, but I, I, my favorite is Marcus Stroman. Stroman's a, I like Stroman's choice. He looked he looked great on opening day. I think he's he's got a really good attitude towards it too. Only thing I worry about is just going to be will, will he pitch enough innings? Right. That's the only thing I'd worry about in that situation. Which is why I'm I'm going with Chris Sale. Oh, I can't argue with that. Even with all the yeah. drama in Chicago, you're still going Chris Sale here. Yeah, because you know what? I, I think that the strikeouts play anywhere. I mean, the guy can be just filthily untouchable at any given point in time. Yeah, no, it's hard to argue with it, man. Chris Hill is a quality, quality pitcher, and, and he has devastating stuff. That's for sure. We've seen it over the last couple of years. Absolutely. I mean, the other, and there are some other guys who are going to be in the conversation. Like Cole Hamels looks like he's poised to have a really big season. Felix Hernandez is always in that conversation. David Price is in that conversation. I can't see Dallas Keuchel repeating it. Just because I don't think that this, I, I don't think that the win total is going to be there like it was last year. Right, I, but I still think he's going to be a solid pitcher. Oh yeah, oh yeah, uh, yeah for sure. There's, there's there's quality names, Kluber. There's other names out there, man. Yeah, for sure. Corey Kluber, absolutely. Carlos Carrasco could be in that conversation as well. I mean, that Indian staff is really good, but I'm going with Chris Sale. That's my that's my choice. Good. Well, yeah, no, no, that's a good pick, man. I can't argue with that whatsoever. How about the National League? What do you got for me on the National League front? Uh, I have a homer alert. Oh God! Is it Noah or Jacob? It's Noah. I think oh. it's Cindergard. I think Cindergard's just combination of stuff and youth and right now attitude. Oh, I love are it. Going to destroy the Nationals. Yeah, we had a conversation on the side the other day, and yeah, for sure, love it. it love so Cindergard. He's he's untouchable right now because of his stuff and 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 his attitude, like you just said. Yeah, I mean, it's also if you, I mean, the Royals don't strike out. Sandergaard struck him out nine times. There you go. That says that says a lot. And then uh, you know, another year of maturity and another year of you know him gaining confidence and strength. It's just you know in that staff and you know that deepness of that staff. You know, saving innings throughout the year with six man rotation here and there is going to be. It's going to only benefit the kid. It's going to be so good for you guys going forward for sure. Yeah, I just I mean the stuff just plays. Every everything is you know the sinker average is ninety nine point seven. There you averages. go. There you go. There you go. Yeah. 
he he's got a ninety five mile an hour slider. He's got a ninety mile an hour changeup. Everything everything is hard. The fact that he's a ninety mile an hour changeup is ridiculous because Greg Maddox is like, God damn you, fuck off, Syndergaard. <laughs> yeah, all right, man. No, that's a great pick, and I don't blame you for being a homer, especially on that staff. You could pick almost anybody, but yeah, Syndergaard's probably my favorite on that staff too. But uh, for me, it's going to be also a homer. Is how can you get bet against the man, Clayton Kershaw, yeah, Mister Consistency? You know, the best lefty since Koufax. Yada yada yada. You don't need me to tell you uh, why, but uh, that's definitely my pick. Yeah, I mean, it's a solid, solid pick. I can't really see how. Uh... You could go against Kershaw ever. Guy's one of the best pitchers in the last, you know, he's the best pitcher probably the last 15 years. So, yeah, they, I, I don't know how you can go against him. Yeah, for sure, man. And, and then, you know, there, there's other pitchers in the National League. You know, Bumgardner, who took Kershaw deep yesterday. Fucking asshole. Uh, you know, that's, that's just quality pitchers all through the major leagues. Hard throwers. Your staff, like you said, is, is just riddled with these quality arms and and, and, and it's really up for grabs uh arietta there's, there's so many names but Syndergaard and, and uh, kershaw are our picks and i think they're both good picks for sure and so let's go then to the rookie of the year calls all right so who, do you, who do you have in the al ah in the al um for me i think it's going to be uh buxton for does he still qualify He's still qualified. All right, yeah. It's going to be Buxton for the Twins. He's off to a decent start, uh, pretty hot start. And the, the range in center field is amazing, man. Uh, I like Buxton. And, it, you know, I think it's the year that all the hype finally comes and pays off for him, even though the Twins are off to an absolutely putrid, putrid start. Yeah, the, twi- the Twins are very, very bad. Um, I, I want to say Buxton, but I also think that uh, – I think that Stroman still qualifies as a rookie. You might be right. So I think, and I need to check if Strowman qualifies. I'm taking I'm taking Strowman as my rookie of the year. If not, I'm going Buxton, and I think Joey Gallo makes a run at it also. But those are the three that I'd look at. Yeah, Joey Gallo is an exciting player for sure. Ton of power, can hit the ball to the moon from what from all accounts. He's 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 a stud. How about the uh, the National League? Oh, I'm gonna go Homer uh, Corey Seager. Smooth as silk, phenomenal lefty approach. Very quiet up at the plate, but but he can do it all. His defense is underrated. He's got a good arm, and really his approach at the plate. He he's just very uh, mature beyond his years up there. And no moments too big. We saw him uh, in the playoffs. We saw him in the postseason push last year, and we've seen it early on this year. He really looks like a major league ball player, like he's been doing it for a decade already. And then uh, that's going to be my pick for rookie of the year. Yeah, we're going to be boring here because I'm going to agree with you. Yes. Uh, Seager's a, a stud. Absolutely. So everything you said is right. There's a few other guys uh, like I think will be in the conversation, like Steven Matz, Trey Turner, if he ever gets called up, uh, Lucas Giolito when the Nats eventually do call him up. I can see Tyler Glasnow at Pittsburgh getting called up, getting some getting some love for it. But uh, it's, it's going to be uh, – it's going to be Seager, and I don't think it's going to be close. Yeah, no, 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 me neither. He, you know, Seager's potentially an all-star this year, like for sure, so, like potentially in that conversation at shortstop. So it's it would be no surprise for him to be a rookie of the year for sure, bro. Yeah. So who do you have then in the AL for the uh, most valuable player? Uh, I think, I don't know if we're going to agree with this, but I'm going to go with Correa. I know we're both big fans of the kid, but from what I've seen the start of the season, if the kid can stay healthy, he's 
he's he's just gonna you know tear up the whole league and and, and really he's just probably the most impressive young talent that I've seen in, since A Rod, like you said. So yeah, probably gonna be Correa for me. Okay, I'm gonna go with it. I, I, I like Correa as a call, but I'm not gonna. I don't think it's gonna be him. I'm going with an outside uh, an outside uh, candidate, but it's a guy who's instrumental to his team, and I fucking hate him. Eric Hosmer. Oh, you do hate Hosmer. Hosmer for MVP? I mean, if he first off, I mean, look at what he does defensively. He's the leader of that team. They, uh, he's if he puts a little more pop, just a little more pop into his game, he'll win the MVP. He's a twenty. He's like a twenty home run guy now, but he's just got. He just does so much for that team. Oh, well, I mean, I, I I see the intangibles, but I, I just I just can't see MVP status for Hosmer. But hey. You know, it's on tape, so we'll see at the end of the year. We'll see at the end of the year. I mean, there's I mean, there's other guys you figure will be in the conversation. Josh Donaldson already off to a very good start this year, the defending the defending MVP. Trout's always in that conversation. You know, it's it's Correa's gonna be in that conversation. Uh, you could almost argue that Lorenzo Kane could be in that conversation too, because he's the other, you know, real, you know, wheel that makes the Royals go. Right. M- Mickey is always in that conversation because of the bat. So yeah, there's there's a lot of guys who could conceivably win it. Yeah, it's all about you know staying consistent and healthy. I think is the main thing because they're all great ball players, like you said, and it's always going to be a tough race. But there's always, like you said, there's always that surprise, and it could be Hosmer. It could just be yeah. Hosmer. Now I think it's a two horse race in the NL. All right, I got I got I got Harper for sure. I, that's my guy. I think Harper's going to win. You're going to hate it, but whatever. No, I. I I may agree with you. I may not. Um, I think it's going to be Harper or it's going to be Goldschmidt. It's going to be one of those two. It's a two-horse race. Yeah. No, I mean, Goldschmidt's Mr. Consistency. You know, he's proven it time and again. And and, and he's just so impressive. So, so, so impressive. Uh, And he does it so quietly. And, you know, Harper's on the other end of that spectrum. He does it all very loudly. Uh, But uh, I don't know. I, I think Harper just edges him out. Because I think his team has a better year, so you know, ipso facto, you know. No, that makes sense. I think I have part of my problem with the MVP award is that they base it too much on the accomplishments of the team. I can understand that, right? Because it's you could be the most valuable player to your team. Your team can still you can still suck, right? Like the whole oh, your team has to make it to the postseason to win the MVP argument's always been garbage for me. I can totally understand that, man. Because there's there's been many cases in the past where. You know, somebody probably got shafted when they shouldn't have just because, you know, at the, at the detriment of their team or because of their team. I feel like that changed once they gave the award to Dawson and he his team finished in last place. And the press and the voters took a lot of scorn about that. I, I don't know what happened. It was more was like there was like a media whiplash against the media. <laughs> yeah. How ironic was that? huh? Yeah, uh, it, was, it was absolutely, absolutely strange. But I mean. I don't understand why there's a you know why you have to win your division. It does it doesn't make sense. It's no, an individual I, award. It's not a team award. Right, right. No, no, no. For sure, I totally understand that, and, and, and I, I'm on the same boat as you. I think that it should be solely upon you know the merit of the individual's stats and the individual's production and value to his team. Uh, I, I don't think numbers are that important either. I think, like you said, it's 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 the intangibles have a lot to do with it in Hosmer's case. And I think it should in a lot of these cases. Um, but definitely the, 
definitely in the reality of the situation is that people do place some bias on uh, their team's performance and their team's overall record. And whether it's justified or not, it is what it is. Yeah. So we're, we're going to break into something else now. Uh, but Armando and I are going to briefly fill you in on our fandom. So Armando, you know, five days into the season, there's seven day, seven physical days, five games, six games. How do you feel about the Dodgers thus far? I am confident. I am uh, simultaneously watching this game right now, and it's six six in the fourth, and we're going back and forth with the Giants. So it's it's definitely not the most comfortable of situations, but actually, I'm impressed with the Dodgers, man. Uh, I've liked what I've seen with the staff. The first three appearances uh, from Casimir, Maeda, and then Kat- and uh, Kershaw were great. Um, Ross Stripling was phenomenal, his major league debut. So that's always an encouraging sign. Uh, Can it- I ask you a question about the Stripling game? Yes, please. How did you feel about seeing a guy pitching a no-hitter get pulled? Um, I was okay with it because I thought when I saw it happen, I said, you know what, there has to be a reason. I don't think that Dave Roberts would just do that. Uh, and, and later on after the, after the game, the interview, Ross Stripling said he was cool with it. He said that he himself was tired. Going into out of spring, man, he had only thrown 150 total pitches in spring training. He was already at 100 for the night. It's understandable. He himself admitted to being tired. I think that it was the right move. If he felt, if he's okay with it, I'm okay with it. Okay, now, do you think it's okay that his parents have an issue with Dave Roberts for this? Uh, I mean, parents are parents, and ultimately they're fans, and nobody's a bigger fan than uh, of, of anybody than their kids, I guess. And, and, and I can understand them being a little upset by it in, in that perspective. You know, uh, fans get a little crazy, especially when it's their kids. We see it in little leagues across America. So behave, parents. Don't be that guy, yeah. But uh, we do see it. Uh, so I can understand it. I don't know if they're, it's their proudest moment for themselves, but, but definitely I can understand. Yeah. Yeah. No, but uh, I mean, it's a good story just to see the guy also make his major league debut after being in the organization for so long and go out and pitch like that. Yeah, it was nice. It was nice. Hopefully for him and for the club, he could continue because uh, if he could keep that up, then we're going to be in absolute fine shape going forward. And then our lineup's been solid, man. Uh, it looks like Jock Peterson has made some adjustments and he hasn't been the striking out as much. He's making a lot more solid contact. He's playing with a little bit more confidence. Yasiel Puig, his exit velocity has been the best in the league. So uh, over 107 or 105 and, and, and league average is about 80. So we're looking at some, some quality at bats from Yasiel and then from all accounts, he's got his head on a little bit straight, and he's got a better rapport with Dave Roberts, and that'll be a very important piece. Uh, Adrian Gonzalez, Mr. Consistency, he does he does what he does. Uh, you know, my main thing right now is getting Yasmani Grandal back, and if he can stay healthy and avoid being on the shelf for a long time, because, you know, between Ellis and Austin Barnes, that's my main concern. But we're only going to get healthier in our staff with Ryu coming back midseason, McCarthy coming back. So I'm pretty confident going forward, man, for sure. And- yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Now, how about you, man? How do you feel about your Mets? I know you guys are off to kind of a, a rough start, you know, but you guys have played some tougher teams. Uh, well, not so much in the Phillies per se, but you guys did open against the Royals, and and and, and we but we've seen some good things with Syndergaard, and we've seen some some not so good things. What are your thoughts so far? So the the not so good thus far this season are the bats, which I'm not too worried about because that lineup's too deep with professional hitters to stay this cold for this long. Like Curtis Granderson isn't going to go through the season hitting. Zero fifty nine. Uh, you know the team is going to homer more than twice in five games in every five games. So I'm not too too worried about that. I think that the Mets will be. I think they'll be fine. Uh, the pen's been good except for today where it blew up a little bit. The starting pitching has been 
well, it's been exactly what you would expect, with the exception of one guy, Matt Harvey. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Harvey hasn't. Matt Harvey hasn't looked good. Uh, do I expect that he'll look good at some point soon? Yeah, because the track record suggests he will. Um, we haven't seen Steven Matz go yet. Uh, he makes a start tomorrow night. Cindergard likely to get bumped to Wednesday due to rain. And then DeGrom pitched at the home opener, pitched extremely well, but left with the sore back, and he's being he's going to miss a start or who, who knows how many starts. So that's a, that's a little bit worrying. Uh, the guy that they have who'd fill in for him, Logan Barrett, is decent, but you don't want him – you know, you don't want him pitching that many games in a row or that many starts in a row. You just got to hope that DeGrom is okay. Um, I mean, it's a two and three start. Is it great? No, but am I incredibly worried? No, because I think this team has, uh, has enough talent to be very good. Yeah, no, no. I mean, you have the right to be confident. I, I, I think you guys will turn it around for sure. Like you said, the bats, you guys have a lot of quality hitters. Granderson, he's off to a bumpy start, but last year he started off two for 18 as well. So it's, you know, and we saw him turn it around and be fine. David Wright, uh, you know, I, I saw a couple at bats today. He got himself a nice sharp double in the gap. He's going to do what he does. David Wright is David Wright. That main concern is just keeping him healthy. And, uh, if you guys can weather the cold weather, basically, and then stay healthy, avoid muscle pools and stuff like that, you guys should be okay, uh, heading in the summer i would say yeah absolutely and there's one thing there was one storyline from early from the first day of the season david wright had a bad game the question is oh my god is david wright done what does david wright do in the very next game goes and and the whole thing was like he looks old slow and injured what does david wright do in the very next game gets a hit walks twice and steals two bases i think he's okay i think he'll be fine i think that he's a solid player who is is he gonna be the player he was 10 years ago no He's he's older, but he's a solid leader. He's not going to be the best third baseman in baseball. He's not going to be the worst. He's good enough. That's right, and and, and it, it's the intangibles. It's what he brings to that locker room, what he means to the organization, what he means to that that club. You know what I mean? It, it matters, and uh, and I think that David Wright, like you said, he's going to be fine. He's he's going to be fine. My fantasy team banks on it. <laughs> I I wouldn't make that maneuver. It's okay. I've been, bur- I've been burned in the past by the trust David Wright move. Yeah, but see, the, the difference here is I don't have that, that, you know, I'm not attached to it in that way. So it's okay. I'll be okay. I have faith. It'll be okay. Yeah. yeah if I'll drop his ass if not. It'll be okay. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's fair. So we're going to get into players of the week now. Yeah, man. So, okay. So uh, should I ask you yours? Yeah, sure. Okay. My National League player of the week is Trevor Story. There you go, everyone. Trevor's story for uh, for our boy, for for Justin, and uh, who can really uh, blame you, man? The dude's been absolutely on fire. You have a stat line, yeah, three thirty three, six homers, eleven ribbies, uh, a four a fourteen seventeen OPS. Oh man, that that that's very impressive. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, for me, it's going to be Puig, just because uh, the difference I'm seeing in his game, uh, the exit velocity, I know his, his stats might not be as good as Trevor Story's, but but his exit velocity is telling me that he's really squaring the ball up well, and everything he's hitting, even his, his outs, are, are just loud right now. So for me, it's Yasiel Puig. I just don't want to be the same as you either. No, I know. I got that. How about the AL? AL was Correa for me, man. The kid's okay. so smooth. He's so so. He can't, you know, he hit a few home runs in the Bronx, and and then he's just, I don't know. He's going to be in for a big, big year for me. It's it's definitely a career. Uh, I can't disagree, but I I went with someone different just just in case. And uh, for me, it's 
Correa's teammate out of nowhere, Tyler White, 667, three homers, nine ribbies, a 2067 OPS on the week. Uh, guys crushing the ball. And, you know, I, I, that's, that's one where it seems like it's out of nowhere. Maybe he's probably not going to have the job there long term because, you know, it's going to be A.J. Reed getting the majority of the bats at first. I know that White can also play third and will probably get some starts there. But A.J. Reed's the guy who they really think is going to be the star. And that it's, it's, it's an interesting Houston team. It's really young, just not particular. Just uh, you have to wonder about the experience level. That's really it. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think we saw a little bit of that last year pay uh, cost them a little bit when they slipped up at the end. Uh, but that's an experience for them, and then hopefully they can build on that for, for their sake. Uh, yeah, I can't argue with that, man. And then the good thing about both your picks, man, is it's just a story and and, and, and – you know, both these guys came kind of out of nowhere, and they're really, really lighting it up, and, and and it's good to see that, man. Absolutely. Now, there's one other thing that I want to talk about before uh, before we end this. But did the weird schedule this week, you know, kind of annoy you? In what case were you talking about? Well, the Mets. I mean, maybe maybe this is just my own personal fandom coming in. The Mets had. A game on Sunday night, then no game until Tuesday, and then Wednesday and Thursday off, and then a Friday afternoon, and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday. But it was just that stop-start you know, nature of the season. I think it's just not necessarily good for players. Baseball players are creatures of habit, and you know they're used to playing six six out of seven nights a week. Yeah, I saw I saw that with you guys, and I saw that actually with another couple uh, couple another few teams. Uh, I, I don't like it either, dude. For the simple fact is, I would not like to, as a ball player, have a day off in between a series. If you're going to give me a day off, be it a travel day between series, that's cool, but not right smack dab in the middle of you know a two game series or what are you, whatever you're going to have. You know what I mean? I don't like that. I, I think it's it just puts you in the wrong mind frame, I think. It's just strange because I know that usually baseball tries to do the opening schedule where your home opener is protected by a day off the next day just so it doesn't get rained out or your fans have a game that they can go to should the home opener get rained out. Right. But they, they, they veered far from that this time. Oh, I hear you. And I did, well, I mean, ultimately it's still better than when they would open the season in Japan, that one weird game at two in the morning. So, I mean, I'm okay with it. I know you're probably le- less okay with it, but I'm okay with it. Well, I think it's also they schedule like you know the West Coast games like the Dodgers and the Giants because your weather is infinitely better at this time of the year. You guys have already played six games in seven days, so that's a little easier to take. Yeah, yeah. Even yesterday was the worst weather day. We they had some rain, a little bit of a delay in San Francisco, but yeah, they got the game in and. It's been no issue for us. So uh, as far as on my end, I got no complaints, man. But I can understand your gripe for sure. Yeah, but, you know, I think we get to the point now where it's every single day and there's something to watch. That's the best part about baseball season, man. Every single damn day when you get home from work, there's something to watch. Yep. So I think that's it from us tonight. Uh, we'll probably we'll be back next week. And until then, send any of your Twitter questions to us at the seventh inning stretch and tweet any of your complaints at Armando. Yes, I am more than willing to, uh, you know, entertain those for sure. (laughs) All right. Thanks, everybody. All right, guys. Bye.
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.